Let's talk about this. We, we, um, we're in a series, I guess, and uh, I gave it a title. <laughs> oh, The Sound of Worship. Was that it, Misty? The Sound of Worship. If that's not the title I gave you, that's what the title is now. The Sound. No, no, The Sound of Rain. That's what it was. The Sound of Rain. How many know worship's like? Like the rain. And this morning I want to talk about training hands to war. You ready for this? Come on, you ready for this? Stay with me. I'll make you stand through this whole sermon. Training hands to war. I, I was reading a, a true story about this, this really excited guy. He had just gotten saved, and he came to this church that lacked life. Put it that way. And all during the sermon and during the worship, whenever someone said something about Jesus, he would raise his hands and say, Hallelujah, or Praise God. And nobody in the church was doing it. But he just, he just felt God. Amen? You're free here to worship God. Don't worry about your neighbor. Just raise your hand. Praise the Lord. And after several outbursts, a man in a three-piece suit, one of the ushers, came down. And whispered in his ear and said, we don't praise Jesus in this church. <laughs> of course, we know what he meant. We don't, we don't, woo, glory. But what he said was actually true. Because it is biblical to raise your hands. It is biblical to bang on drums. It is biblical to blow horns. It is biblical to shout. It is biblical to dance. It is biblical to wave banners. Come on, church. You can say, but grandma, all you want, I don't care about what grandma did. If it's in the word, falling out in the spirit is in the Word. There's people who fell out in the Spirit. I'm not going to take time to talk about it, amen. People say, well, why do people fall out in the Spirit? Because they can't stand up. Amen. I don't know. I can't give you any other explanation for that. <laughs> it's the overwhelming power and presence of God. But let's talk about raising our hands. And I thought this would go in a different way, but, you know, the Lord's going to have his way, Amen. So there's a lot of scripture here, a lot of teaching, but will you stay with me? Number one, when we raise our hands, we need to understand we become the place of sacrifice. Psalms 141, verse 1 and 2. Lord, I cry out to you, make haste to me. Give ear to my voice when I cry out to you. Listen, let my prayer be set before you as incense. Wow, isn't that powerful? My prayer is incense. You can't stop smoke from rising. Woo! Just preached there for half an hour. The lifting up of my hands is like the evening sacrifice. Romans 12.1 says that we become the sacrifice. Listen, when you raise your hands, it's, I know sometimes, eh, I'm tired. But when you lift your hands, it is a living, you're offering yourself as a sacrifice to God. 
Hallelujah. Are you with me? There's only five of these, and if I preach 30 minutes on each, no. Number two, when you raise your hands, you become the place of authority. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exodus chapter 14, verse 15 and 16. And the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying to me? God has actually spoke that to me. (laughs) Tell the children of Israel to go forward. To go, though that's a word to the church, quit bellyaching and go forward. Quit complaining and go forward. Quit looking backwards and go forward. Quit talking about how bad things are and just move forward. My God. Tell them to go forward, and here's what I want you to do. Lift up. Say, lift up. Lift up that rod you have in your hands. And stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. Can you imagine Moses saying, what? What? This stick is going to divide a sea? And we're going to cross over? And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. I remember the story about a little schoolboy. <laughs> the teacher got to teaching. Well, you know, the Red Sea, it was really called the Reed Sea, and it was only a couple inches deep. And this little boy, he was shouting before when we were talking about Moses. She tried to shut him up. So she, so she said it was only a couple inches deep, and he still went, yes, hallelujah. And she said... <laughs> Junior, what are, you, what are you all excited about? I said it was only a couple inches deep. He said, God drowned Pharaoh's army in two inches of water. Woo! Gotcha. I did drop my mic earlier, and it fell in the hole down here. And it works. Hallelujah. It's, it's the place of When you raise your hands, it becomes a place of authority that divides, that takes your obstacles and divides them and moves things out of your way as you raise your hand over your problem. You become a place of authority. Anybody getting this? You become. Psalms 114 and, 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 and verse 3. The sea sought and fled. Jordan turned back. Jordan parted. Hallelujah. The Red Sea parted. Hallelujah. Our enemies will part when you just lift up your hands. Oh, it's powerful. Come on. Some of us, we need to start doing some exercises so we can keep them up there longer. Are you with me? Number three, it's a victory flag. It's a victory flag. Isaiah chapter 13, verse 2. Lift up a... Amen. If you lift up the banner, you're lifting up your... 
hands. Lift up a banner on the high mountain. Raise your voice to them. Wave your hand that they may enter the gates of the nobles. He's talking about being surrounded by enemies. And he said, what I want you to do is raise up a banner and and begin to raise your voice and you'll be able to take the city. You'll be able to overcome the gates. But you've got to raise that banner. It's a victory flag. I know some of you don't get banners. You need to start getting it. Back in those days, they didn't have helmets with, with, with speakers in them. <laughs> they didn't have the communications we have now. You have you have 10,000 troops out there. How does a general know where his army's at? Every unit had a banner. And that banner identified that particular unit. I guess they still have banners they, to identify different units. And when they're in the battle, the general would be up on a high mountain. He'd look over the battlefield and he said, no, there's the first battalion, there's the second battalion. And he knows, he, <laughs> as long as the banner's up, he knows that they're still together. As long as the banner's up, he knows that they know their job and they're moving in the right direction. And he can tell where the different units are going. And if one's out of place, he can send a messenger down on a horse and he knows exactly where to go right to that banner. In the heat of the battle, you can't tell who's who, but you can see the banners. Sometimes in our worship service, glory to God. Ah, hallelujah. Some of our worship services, you may not realize it, but they're war zones. We're fighting that, that unseen enemy y'all talking about. We're, we're fighting against principalities and powers, and it may get real chaotic, but I, I, I love the, the banner. Jesus sees the banner. Jesus is our banner. Hallelujah. And we wave it in symbolism of those days. Amen. That was how, that was how the general communicated with his army. You need to raise your hand and let general know where you are. You need to let the general know you're still up. You need to let the general know that you're moving in the way he wanted you to move. You need to let the general know, I'm ready for battle. Somebody praise the Lord. Come on and praise him. Psalms, uh, I mean, Exodus, uh, where am I? Exodus 17, verse 10, familiar passage Joshua did as Moses said to him and they fought with old Amalek and Moses Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill and so it was when Moses held up his uh-huh that Israel prevailed and when he let down his hand Amalek prevailed but Moses' hands became heavy so they took a stone and put it under him. Now it's called a chair. And he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side, one on the other side. And his hands were steady, say steady, until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Listen, we're not made to fight this battle all by ourselves. Can, can I get an Aaron and, an, and a her? Without Aaron and her, 
And when his hands went down, all of a sudden, the Israelites started losing the battle. So they rushed up and they picked his hands up. Glory to God. And when they picked his hands up, all of a sudden, Israel starts pushing them back even more. Amen. But when his hands go, and they start losing. Hands up. Is anybody getting this? Hands up, you win. Hands down, you lose. Hands up, you win. Hands down, you lose. Raise up a banner and win your victory. Amen. Come on, you can shout better than that. Kind of getting ahead of myself here. Number whatever. Four. It's a place of blessing. It's a place of blessing. Leviticus chapter 9, verse 21. Uh, but, but the breast and the, and the right thigh, Aaron waved as a wave offering before the Lord as Moses had commanded. Then Aaron lifted his hand toward the people and blessed them and came down from offering the sin offering, the burnt offering, and peace offerings. Okay? A couple more verses. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of meeting and came out and, and after they blessed the people, on all the people, on all... See, blessings not just about getting goodies. Blessings are not just about Jesus the Santa Claus. Getting blessings, when someone blesses you, it puts you in a place where the glory can fall. So I need a blessing. What they really need is I need a new car. Now, now that's okay. I'm not against it. Get all the new cars you want. Just don't steal your ties to make the payments. <laughs> Lord, I got quiet in the house. You don't need f- six TVs in your house. All right, if you do, fine, but pay your ties. <laughs> I, I, I hear what I'm saying. And he said, but, if, but, but blessing is setting people apart. For the glory to fall. And I believe as pastor sometimes, I have the responsibility to put my hands out over the... I think it would be good, uh, Will, if, if those who are dismissing at the end of service just put their hands over the congregation. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon, right? Just read, the, read that whole couple of verses and just bless the congregation. In other words, God, as we leave, make them available for glory. How many want glory? Got to get rid of your glory or there won't be room for his glory. But let's put the... It's a place, it's a place of blessing. It's a place of blessing. I kind of hit on this already. It's a place of warfare. It's a place of warfare. I need to spend a little time on this. It's a place of warfare. Psalms 144 and verse 1, which is our, which is our theme. Blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Now, this is Psalmist David talking. David, who created 
We don't know how many instruments. He, he actually, they never had these instruments. Not, I mean, he created new kinds of instruments that nobody had ever seen before. But he's talking, I think, for our purposes, he's talking about spiritual warfare. He trains my hands to war and my fingers for battle. You may not realize it, but the devil gets pushed back when you push up. Hello? There's a lot, can I, there's a lot said about warfare nowadays. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of doofuses out there. And they go on taking on, I'm going to take on the principality over the United States. You're stupid. <laughs> Who gave you authority? Can I talk a little bit here? I, I might could save you some trouble. <laughs> Is there a principality over the United States? Yeah. Are you the one to take him on? No. To tell you the truth, you don't even want his attention. I'm taking on. Well, here I come. I believe sometimes the best warfare is the warfare that goes on when you're not even aware that the warfare is going on. And here it is. When you raise your hands, you have declared war on the enemy of your soul. There are devils, listen to me, there are devils that are assigned to you. They are assigned to hold you back, to mess with your mind, to trouble your soul, to make you sick in body. There are devils that are assigned to give you H-E double hockey sticks. But I'm here to tell you in the name of Jesus, you do have authority over that devil that wants to give you a hard time. I'll say this too, as pastor of this church, there are devils aside, but I believe God has given me and the elders of this church authority over demons that want to destroy this church. But I don't need to boldly go where no man has gone before. Are they already defeated? Yes. But I like what Paul said. I don't have time to read a scripture. Go to, go to Corinthians and you read about it. But Paul says, I have a, there's a measure. Greek word is metron. It's where we get the word, you know, that uh, metronome. Is where we're. Paul says, I have a measure. My, my authority has a certain, even Paul said, there's areas I don't have authority over. And I don't need to go into other people's territory. For instance, there are, there's certain authority I have as, as the set man over this church, but I can't go to someone else's church and act like their pastor. I don't have, I don't have authority. I need to submit myself to that pastor because that's his place of authority, and I have limited authority in his house. So you need to understand what your authority is and stay within that authority, that region, that area that you have. But believe me, hallelujah, when you raise your hands, you are taking authority. You're doing warfare and you don't even realize it. You're raising your hands with a smile on your face, having a good old time. 
You're raising your hands doing helicopters and not realizing that you're, every time you spin, you're socking the devil in their left. Every time you raise your hands, you're pushing him back and winning the victory. And you don't even know it. You say, well, what devils do I have authority over? You have, a, you have authority over every devil that attacks you. Unless you invited him to attack you. Does that help anybody? You know what? Sometimes you have to repent. God, I'm sorry for being belligerent and full of pride and getting outside of my area. If you're a general, you can't tolerate people. You, you, your, your, your colonels, your captains have specific orders. They can't just say, well, you know what? I'm going to go fight over there. No, you're not. You fight where I tell you to fight. But you need to understand when you're raising your hands, you're doing battle. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to say, okay, I'm doing, what does that mean? You don't even have to understand it. Just raise your hands and know you're winning. Just raise your hands and know you're pushing back the darkness. Just raise your hands and know you're spreading the light. Just raise your hands and no demons are falling. Ah, somebody help me in the house. Train my hands to war and my fingers for battle. Don't go looking for battles, but when one comes your way, understand you have the authority to defeat it in Jesus' name. Pastor, why are you so certain that you can defeat any devil that attacks you? Because, whoa. Because God said, I'll never put more on you than you can handle. Interpretation. You can defeat anything that comes against you. I'll not put more on you. I'll not put so much on you that it will cause you to lose. You may go through hard times, but when you get through it, you will be like Job with double. I'm going to take care of you. Come on. As you, you're going to learn. You're going to be stronger for the next bet. You're going to be stronger for someone else coming behind you. He allow, Listen, oh, you've got to get this. He never allows anything in your life that you can't be victorious over. Doesn't always happen immediately, but you're going to get the victory. I don't, I'm speaking to somebody. I don't care what it is. If it's in your life, you can defeat it in Jesus' name. Just don't let the spirit of stupid come on you. Raise your hands. Maybe it's spiritual antennae. You start receiving things when you raise your hands. Whew, come on, church. Sometimes when you raise your hands, you're, you're like your two-year-old. You just want to be lifted up. Abba, Father. I just... Doesn't that touch your heart? When that two-year-old, they just start walking in there, or the one-year-old, and they're like, 
Some of you are so mean, like, just, just a few more steps. Let me see. <laughs> just come this far. Just, and then uh, you back up. That's wrong. That's, that's just... God doesn't do <laughs> Sometimes it's a greeting and a wave. Sometimes it's climbing higher. You, listen, you can't, you can't climb a ladder without raising your hand. Hallelujah. Sometimes it's, it's just to express joy or a shout like that time you went to Cedar Point. Went down that roller coaster. What is it about a roller coaster that makes it more fun to raise your hands and scream? Come on, guys. Oh, come on. Some of you get on those roller coasters, you act like a 14-year-old girl. <laughs> Keep your hands raised. He trains your hands for warfare. Isn't that crazy? These churches who don't believe in raising their hands are losing a battle. They're losing the battle. It's time to learn how to raise your hands. Glory to God. And as we pointed out earlier, sometimes you need other people come on your right and your left and help you raise your hands. We need to understand we're not in this battle alone. And sometimes we got to come alongside and help someone else raise their hands. Amen. We all need to raise our hands together. There's a corporate battle going on as well. And as we raise our hands together in worship and if you have to dovetail it do what you have to do but be conscious of raising my hands it brings me to the place of victory it allows me to bless those around me come on church it becomes a place of warfare. It's a victory banner that I can connect with the general. It's a place of authority. It's a place of sacrifice. It's time to learn how to war with your hands. By the way, worship has a volume too. Maybe I ought to preach on that. Yeah, it does. <laughs> oh. I'm just wrecked. Did you ever get wrecked by God? Huh? Anybody ever get wrecked? God, just wreck us. Just get us to the point where we just drop our glory and give you the glory. Give you the glory. But... Raise a hand. Raise both hands. I like, the, I like this posture right here, too, because this says I surrender. I give up. Your way, not my way, Lord. They're not here just to lead. They're here to just worship. That's why you're here. I tell you, your life will be different if you'll just worship. Quit waiting on some five-star preacher to lay his five-fold minutes, whatever, on your head. Why don't you just worship and go to a place of warfare and win this thing for the master? Yeah. Glory!
You don't have to think about warfare, but just raise your hands and watch God do a difference in your life. Get your hands out of your pockets. Quit folding your hands. Quit looking at your watch. Quit smacking the kids. Quit smacking your husband, whatever, whoever's misbehaving. And let's just forget about yourself and concentrate on him and worship him. My God, my God, my God. My God, there's a river in this place. There's a flow in this place. Jesus. Jesus. Can't get away from that name this morning. Can I, can I share this with you? Listen to me. There's a reason why Jesus and others would ask for the name of the demons they're about to cast out. Don't you realize he has the power to just... But he would ask them their name. I remember in that one case they said, my name is Legion, which means about 2,000. My name is Legion, because we are many. And as soon as he knew their name, he cast them out. What's the meaning behind that? Because there is no other name under heaven by which we may be saved. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess. That means demons, too. That means whenever Jesus came, demons had to identify themselves. They couldn't hide any. Y'all aren't listening. Y'all aren't listening. Listen, why did he want, why did he demand their name? Because his name is above their name. He's king of kings. He's lord of lords. It's not just about demon possession. You need to name the issues in your life. Sickness or depression or sleeplessness or anger, whatever it may, you need to name that thing and then name the name of Jesus. Shout Jesus. Shout Jesus over my family. <laughs> 